yo. Welcome to Bare Knuckles and Brass Tacks, the cybersecurity podcast that tackles the vendor-customer relationship. I'm George K, and I'm on the vendor side. And I'm George A, a Chief Information Security Officer. All right, we are kicking off this series with taking the bare knuckles to LinkedIn. Why is that? Because that's how this guy and I met. <laughs> so it only makes sense that we go into the origin story. Uh, George, I was looking back through our DMs, and I think this started at Black Hat. And I, you know, what stood out to me was how natural the conversation was. So I can't remember how we kind of got into each other's orbit, probably some algorithm or somebody between us liked something. Anyway, for a while leading up to Black Hat, I saw the stuff you were posting. I think you saw the stuff I was posting. And then we were having this event with Miko Hippinen. I just thought it was going to be cool. We had a bunch of other CISOs come in and I reached out and that's all I said. I was like, look, it would be cool to meet in real life. We have this party, you know, no hard sell. And I'm going to actually read this here because it was so cool. Um, you know, you were, I think, very sort of, I think, refreshingly candid is what I want to say. Um, you said, yeah, no doubt it'll be fun. Let's see what we can spin up from it. And I, I remember thinking at the time, like, oh, like, we know <laughs> I'm a vendor. You're a CISO. Like, we're not like pretending that it was just like startlingly frank. I think is what was so refreshing about it. Yeah. Like, you know, I gotta be honest with you. I'm pretty sure, um, I had noticed something that you posted because of mutual connection liked it. And I liked your style of, of, of your content creation. So I was like, okay, so this is a guy who like is clearly on the sales side, but you know, you weren't just, you weren't just pushing vaporware. You weren't just pushing services that nobody needed. You were actually talking about concepts and you were talking about things that applied to industry that I, you know, I, I kind of assess for like, this has nothing to do to his direct business. He's just mm -hmm. showing some actual genuine thought leadership, which, you know, you working on that sales and marketing side, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. We'll obviously get into it through this show and, and the future episodes. You don't really see that from a lot of folks on the sales side. And mm -hmm. that kind of depth of knowledge, that that ability to express yourself and, and really contribute substantially to the conversation, I was like, all right, this guy, he might be worth following a bit. And then, you know, Black Hat just happened uh, to, to be like, you know, I think it was like a month or two into when we kind of started circling each other's orbits. Um, the funny thing is about that day, things were super busy, obviously. And uh, mm. I was, I remember by the time we got there, I got there with like, maybe half an hour, 20 minutes left in the event. Like they were closing down the bar and I kind of snuck in and got a drink. <laughs> yeah. And I, for whatever reason, man, like, you know, I had, uh, I had some of my colleagues with me from work and it could have been real easy for us to just call it and like go back and take a cat nap for the evening events. But in my head, I just, I really needed to make a point to come out to your event, say hi to you and see what the thing was about. Like I just, I had to mm -hmm. meet you in person. Um, and, it's pretty cool, man. It's funny what spun out from that. Um, but nothing to do with like a direct sales engagement, but actually just, you know, two guys who had something to say. And uh, it's, it's great that this came out of it. Ultimately, I think that's the beauty of this industry when it's done right is, you know, it's not just about your, your profit and loss. It's about relationships. And yeah. so you get it, man. And that's, that's really what I like about you. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate that. I think it's, 
I mean, I personally don't carry a quota, so I don't have that pressure, but I also don't want to feel like I'm, you know, disingenuous because um, I don't like to be used. So <laughs> I'm going to assume that other people don't like to be used. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we were there, we were at HyperX and you're like, you know, what's your company about? I did a little like 30 second thing. And you're like, cool, why don't you send me some stuff? And this is what's going to happen. I'll send it to my team. We'll talk about it. We'll see. It was just so candid. And I was like, we're not doing the dance where we like pretend we're not having a business conversation. But then I remember we got on this topic about, you know, LinkedIn is a cocktail party. And, you know, if you go in there talking about yourself, you're kind of the worst person at the party. No one wants to be that person. No one wants to hang out with that person. And it was just like over the cu next couple of days, I think you had said something about a podcast and then it just like hit me. I was like, you're George. I'm George. <laughs> this thing writes itself. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm glad we're here. Yeah. I mean, what, what's really cool about it, um, I guess the duality of the whole thing, because, you know, you're you're in the States and I'm up in Canada. Um, mm -hmm. I'm on the client side and, you know, you're obviously on the sales and marketing side. And um, the fact that we were able to kind of find each other, connect on it in that way specifically, and then the output of that being like, hey, let's keep this conversation going. Maybe some people might be interested in hearing what we have to say. Ultimately, like, I don't want to waste people's time. Like, where mm -hmm. I came from is that the, one of the most important things that I value, the most high value thing to me is my time. Yeah. Um, which is why really salespeople piss me off so much because they just don't respect <laughs> anyone's time. <laughs> but uh, realistically, I just figured, you know what, if, if I'm going to invest time in a relationship, a professional one, this is the kind of thing I want to do. And that's really what... Um, you know, you were really good at, at selling without actually selling. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to get into it, but this is one of the reasons why I dig LinkedIn is, you know, we other mice might not have crossed paths. You know, uh, I have a, a couple of people I sort of ping regularly in the UK. I now got this pen tester I talked to in South Africa. I mean, it's like a worldwide community. And I think if you're doing it right, you're, you're just it's kind of, it's fun. It's genuinely fun. You're having conversations with a whole bunch of people who are experts in different domains of cyber. But, you know, I, I take it for granted. I'm on the vendor side and I highly sympathize with salespeople. So audience listeners, we are not here just to gripe. Uh, we really want to try and I think solve this problem or at least come, come to it honestly. And, uh, I can't speak for George, but after black hat, my entire feed was just CISOs going scorched earth on vendors who were either using really aggressive follow-up tactics from Black Hat or other things. And I was like, it's got to be better than this because I know some people on those vendor sides and they're not terrible people. And some of the products are really cool. And obviously they need some of the products, but like if, if the trust is broken, like <laughs> it's not going to get very far. And it's not like, cybercrime stops. So we just, we got to fix something here. No, I agree. And that's, that's kind of the important thing where, you know, when I got back from Black Hat, I was um, absolutely barraged. I still am with cold calls and emails. And I mean, it was mm -hmm. kind of annoying before because we, I mean, we, we talked about that point specifically. But when I got back, it just was something that I really, you know, to a level I had not experienced uh, and, and, you know, I've been doing this thing for Jesus going on six, seven years now. So 
what really opened my eyes to it was like, okay, cool. Like you make these connections or you go to these events, but, and like anything else, like you expect when you get your badge swiped and they take your email and your yeah, personal information, yeah, yeah. Like they're doing it for marketing. So they can reach out. That's okay. That's expected. But I think what I, what I didn't expect was the level of persistence of, of mm-hmm. unanswered persistence that I was dealing with. And the more that it happened and the more pissed off I'd get, and I'd look around and I'd see my other CISO colleagues equally pissed off from the same nonsense. And I was like, man, I can't believe I met this George guy because this is the perfect platform, the perfect idea, the perfect time. Our entire industry is full of just garbage behavior on both sides of the aisle, (laughs) right? And people are ready to hear a couple of guys actually just having an honest conversation because, you know, as much as people might critique LinkedIn or critique, excuse me, criticize LinkedIn outright um, for, you know, some of just the real cheese ball kind of like, here's my company, look, my company's great. Look at this company. Like Mm -hmm. no one cares. We can go to the website, see the marketing anyway. What do you have to say? Right. Yeah, Yeah. A real thing, a real relationship came out of a LinkedIn connection. And what I'm also seeing is that there are people who are no longer wishing to go in that usual, like, ultra business political correctness that LinkedIn is usually traditionally filled with. And now Mm. people are actually trying to connect on real terms. So I think that this is the right time for us to actually open this conversation up because I think we can act. I don't know. I don't know. God forbid we might actually be able to help people out and help this industry be a little bit more of a tolerable place to exist in. (laughs) Right. All right. So that being said, gloves come off. It should be noted that George A is an actual fighter, so he's going to come prepared. But gloves are off, bare knuckles. Uh, he and I, we're going to get into it here for kind of our favorite and our least favorite things about LinkedIn. Okay, so uh, favorite part, genuine conversations, genuine connections, and then I get to meet some of these people in real life, which is a, a position of great privilege. I think it's great. On the other side, this big thumbs down is uh connection requests can get real weird real fast you know like i i get i get i personally get a bunch of looks like scam spear phishing stuff about podcasts but even after that i get a lot of hey love the podcast would you like to talk about like insert you know marketing technology thing here that has nothing to do with what we do as a company, you know, we don't even have like a sales model that supports whatever widget you're trying to sell me. So it just felt like you were shaking my hand, but then kind of like trying to slip the knife in under the ribs. So that's my, that's my, uh, my point one is the connection request. that feels, you know, like you're kind of using my own stuff against me. Yeah. You know what? Like you're, you're, you're really bang on in terms of like, it's cool that LinkedIn has democratized business. And it's made it accessible for mm-hmm. people who normally would never have a shot or never have an idea of the realm of possible, right? Um, I think there's something really beautiful about that. And I think it gives people an opportunity when, you know, they're hungry and they're trying to improve their lives and they're trying to improve their careers. If you know how to use LinkedIn, it, it you know, it's, it's a force, uh, it's a force projection magnifier. Like it can skyrocket your career. And I, I can personally mm-hmm. speak to that. On the connection request piece, yeah, you know, it's, I wish I could disagree with you, but I'm just as inundated as you are. And, you know, some of them are just super weird. Some of them, like, uh, what I don't like is the cut and paste pitch that comes with it. Mm-hmm. 
right? Or you have someone who, you know, they're trying to come at you as if they're going to solve your problem, but they've never taken a, a minute to actually talk to you to see what your problem is. You know, like not every single client fits in the same box as much as you think or wish that they do. So really, if someone's actually an effective leader within their you know department, their organization, and you're pushing whatever vaporware or widget, you know, or some, you know, some shitty half grade service that you've half thought through because you're just trying to make your PNL that quarter. <laughs> like, why am I going to entertain that? Why am I in my hyper busy day going to care yeah. about you, your stupid product and your, your half baked opening pitch? And then here's the worst part. You don't answer the first one and then they send you another and then they send you another. And if it's not by LinkedIn, it's by email until suddenly you look down and you step back at the whole thing. I'm like, yo, this dude's having an entire conversation with himself on my platform. What is happening? <laughs> In my inbox. <laughs> In my DMs. Like, what is this nonsense, man? Because you know what? In any other realm, in literally any other realm in social society, this would be considered creepy and weird and mentally unwell. Why is it just accepted in our industry? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, B2B sales in general is, is a little bit like that, but yes, you bring up that point. So, right. We said, we said LinkedIn is a cocktail party, you know, be a person, not a pitch. Right. So you come in and you talk about yourself all the time. Like, I just want you to game this out with me. Like, all right, you walked in, there's this room full of CISOs and you say like, Hey, I'm George. And then you just go into like the used car salesman pitch. Like you think anyone's gonna give you the time of day. It's going to be real hard. I know I, I heard Chris Roberts on audience first say, you know, at least do me the favor of getting to know me before you take my money. You know, <laughs> just true. But I think you bring up a good point about the business too. Right. So like, uh, let's say you're trying to sell financial services. Cool. Well, you know, like an insurance broker is not the same as a retail bank is not the same, you know, and they have all different competing priorities. They have different, mm. um, in our industry, network architectures, they have different requirements, you know? So I don't know. I know people want to, they want to do like rapid scale, but you, you could just do a lot very badly, very quickly, or, you know, take the time to well, kind of know. Uh, and I want to bring up another point on this too, right? Because every once in a while, maybe I feel generous. Maybe I feel like I'm going to respond to one of these people. I don't know. I look at their profile. They look <laughs> like they might be a real person. I might actually be polite enough to be like, hey, look, I appreciate, you know, you reached out, but I'm happy with the services that we're looking for here. Uh, I'm good to go. But, you know, if I need to reach out to you, I got your contact there. Thank you. Then they just, you know, and I know this is this is educated, taught sales methodology. They'll try to spin around and be like, well, uh, uh, do you evaluate your services every year? Have you considered competitors and what they're doing? And it's like, are you, are you calling me out on my job? Like, because really, that's part yeah. of my job, you know? It's real tricky. Don't do that. Yeah. You just, you just put the C, so you just basically said like, I don't know, maybe you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Literally. Literally, that just, I went from a polite, like, hey, like, you know, maybe I'll talk to you in the future to straight up, you know, go F yourself. <laughs> Get out of yeah. my inbox, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kudos to LinkedIn for recently introducing that feature, which I called out. I just discovered it. I just like logged in one day and it was like the DMs are like focused and other. And I was like, oh, cool. All the spam is going to other. I just discovered yeah. the other day, I one of them sneaked through on the focus side and I was like, 
you can say move to other, <laughs> slide it on over to the junk pile. Um, but you bring up a good point. So this, this, if sellers are listening, if marketers are listening, this is from my side, what I would take away is you said, I'm going to look at their profile. They kind of look like a person, right? So key learning there is you better not be posting about your company all the damn time because <laughs> when George A looks at your profile and you look like the wacky inflatable arm filling tube man outside the, <laughs> the, the mattress store, who's just like saying the same thing over and over again. I mean, you don't have a point of view. You don't, you're not a three-dimensional person. You're just a, a thing, right? So, you know, that's, that's the thing is like, don't talk about yourself all the time. Don't talk about your company all the time. Again, like just picture you are in a party. Like, are you being a boring person? Are you contributing? Are you listening? You know, because I mean, I, I let me say there are people who talk a lot at parties, but they don't listen. So they're just as guilty. They're just waiting as, for their turn yeah. to talk, man. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? You're bringing it like bang on, man. Because at the end of the day, it's all about authenticity, right? Like, and I tell people all the time, you know, like, who the hell are you and why should we care, right? Part mm -hmm. of your job, whether you're on the client side, whether you're on the sales side, if you're going to engage publicly on a, on a business or industrial community platform, my thinking would be, and, you know, this is as a guy who used to work in big, big consulting. So I've done sales. It's not like I'm, I've completely never done sales or I don't mm. understand you know, what it is to have to, to meet a quota. Um, you really have to build out your personal unique value proposition, right? Why should people care about what you have to say? Why should people want to answer your call? And especially people who don't know you or maybe don't have a, a referent contact, you know, that whatever content you're putting out, um, you know, and that's another, another angle that, really uh, opened my eyes to you and really elevated you uh, from the crowd of like noisemakers on the platform. You talk about real things. You talk about things that are important to you. And that's kind of what I really like. Because it's not like you're doing it compulsively because you're trying to sell. You're doing it because you're trying to demonstrate just a shred of how you think and who you are. Like I'll post things sometimes that have absolutely nothing to do with like my job or, or my company or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it's really just, I'm trying to build genuine relationships. And my logic behind it is, you know, because I'm not looking to leave my company or, or doing that. I'm not, I'm not positioning for another job. What I'm really looking forward to see is who engages with that kind of content and what kind of relationships come out of that. And if they happen to be on the sales side and they happen to have a product that I like, then I'm going to want to turn to that person because, oh, look, you know, we actually connected on this other thing. That has nothing to do with sales and we have like an active conversation going and, and i've now built like a, a genuine connection and a respect for this person i would hope they feel the same way and so with that you know you start building the foundation for i think the most important thing uh necessary to achieve successful sales and that's trust right if there's no yeah, trust people, no one's gonna buy, buy. Yeah, people buy from people they trust. Exactly. You know? and, and authenticity is the key to trust if you're going to do it through a platform like linkedin yeah, if we're going to belabor the used car salesman, I mean, you could go into the same type of dealership in three different cities and you're going to buy the same car, but you're going to buy it from the person who doesn't make you feel weird and prickly and on the defensive all the time, mm -hmm. right? So 
Um, but yeah, I remember one that you put out, which was like about the Qantas execs, you know, going down and slinging luggage with the people on the ground. Yeah. And, you know, what you were talking about is this is an example of great leadership. So that's one point leadership. But also, you know, if you read between the lines, what you're saying is, you know, an executive leader can't understand the risk and the day-to-day unless they're kind of on the line. And I think that that reveals something about your value set, right? So I'm not going to like use that against you, but I was like, oh, that's super cool because yes, I think you should go in the trenches once in a while because, you know, you, you don't know how the, how the slingers are working. Let me, let me give you the, the, the cheat code to this, right? The old like uh, no clip. If you used to play Quake or anything like that, <laughs> um, Look, what I'm trying to say is that I, I'm a person who built my career up from the ground up, right? When I was in the Army, it was the same thing. In this industry, it's the same thing. I started in this industry as, you know, a junior SOC analyst at a global MSP. Like, I was nobody beyond nobody. You know, I was doing security operations overnight while taking service mm-hmm. calls, like, from India because, you know, you're dealing with customer support problems, right? So, it's like completely the most unsexy thing you could do and i figured out this game like from the ground up i don't have a stem degree i studied political science and psychology so Mm -hmm. i I really believe in people who work out the hard way try to figure things out fail a shitload of times learn get better advance and just out hustle their way to you know what they're trying to achieve so when i'm looking at someone whether they're you know a fellow CISO, whether they're a specialist an sme of some sort or they're in sales if i know that you have at some point in time, at least put your fingers on the keyboard and learned your product and experienced your product and used it or, or have experienced using a similar product because you, you know, might have changed firms or something recently. I'm going to automatically have a little bit more trust and a little bit more time a day for you. And I'm not saying you got to be yeah. a full on technical account manager, but what I'm saying is your words have a lot more value when I know that you probably know what you're talking about versus you've memorized a script. And it's like, oh, if I actually ask you a a question of any substance, let me go get my engineer. I don't want to hear your engineer. Because if you have to go get your engineer and my first one or two questions, everything you told me before I asked that question is bullshit. I can't believe a word (laughs) that you're saying. As a credibility gap, for sure. Um, You know, I mean, I would would coach people on like, please, for the love of God and everything that is holy, don't try to answer a technical question. I have been on calls and the guy's just like making it up. I was like, what are you doing? Why are you falling down that rabbit hole? Like you don't, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. We have engineers for a reason. Please stop talking. And I could, and I couldn't undermine him in the middle of the call, but I was like, well, this is going to go nowhere real fast. Um, well, can, yeah. I, can I, anyway. well, can I give you just for the sales folks on this, let me preface this with one more little cheat code advice. If you don't actually know, don't just, don't just say, let me get my engineer. Don't just, you know, try to BS an answer. Actually take the time to acknowledge like, Hey, you know what? I don't know that. Or that's just a little bit above my experience with the product. Let me get one of the more experienced guys on the team to help you out with this question. Because what that shows is even if you don't have that product experiential knowledge, at least you're, you're the kind of person who has enough integrity to acknowledge what your limitations are and then you bring in the appropriate support. So there's no hit on you. You still look good. Word. Yeah. I think it's 
yeah, 100% just be honest. Like you're not going to get dinged. And if, if the person's going to throw the sale out because they threw a landmine and you stepped on it, I mean, that probably wasn't meant to be anyway, cause they were just trying to mess with you. But yeah. And I, I would say even then you probably want to demonstrate that you're actually listening by asking a, a deeper question, right? So for example, let's say you throw out some gobbledygook about machine learning and the person comes back and says like, are you using a Bayesian model or are you, you know, and you're like, Oh, I'm on my heels. You could say, you know, I not sure I understand your question. Are you asking as it relates to, and then like, you know, talk back about their business because what you're, you should be trying to find out is like, you know, what is important to them? What's the hair on fire moment for them? But let me, let me go back to LinkedIn. Cause we could go, we got a lot of episodes to go <laughs> and get into that. But when it comes to LinkedIn, I will say, you know, the only reason I post the stuff that I do is one, I can't help myself. I'm sort of relentlessly curious. And two, I, I personally would find it fantastically boring to write about the same thing every day. It would just be with all the shit that hits the news every day in cyber, either a new technology or, you know, this wave of breaches that we've had here at the end of the month. Why would you just keep posting a blog, your company blog over and over again? It would just, you would just be a really boring person. Well, the other thing too, even beyond just the company blog thing, because there's a lot of folks who, regardless of, what specific industry or vertical they're in. They're all about like, quote unquote, building your personal brand. And that's like their whole like shtick. Mm. A part of me, like on some level, it's good. Like if there's a, a good post, they have good knowledge or they're, they're bringing out some, some freeware tools that are, you know, open, open source SaaS based that you can use to make the thing a little bit easier, like pre-scheduling your post, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great value. But if it's just like, every day you're just you're trying to post something every day so that you you know achieve a certain level within the algorithm and you know you're just talking about like nothing you're just you're just putting words down on paper for the sake of it that kind of thing when it comes up in my feed all the time it's just like dude like what what are you doing like you want to look at that person and think hey so it's like tuesday or thursday man don't you have like a real job don't you have like real things (laughs) you need to do like when I post on LinkedIn, it's because like usually it takes me in my process, especially if they're longer ones, it takes like, you know, if it's during the working day, it'll be something that I'll do during my coffee break. I'll like start working mm-hmm. on something and I'll draft and just, just to keep my mind going while I'm trying to take a break. Um, or there's things that I'm doing like at night, like if, if a big zero day comes out and it's mm-hmm. off work, I'm just, I'm doing that like as a, an information security executive trying to be informative to my network. That's legitimately... Yeah as old school vanilla yeah. as it gets. But yeah. some of those, like when I did the, when I found, uh, was it the, uh, my law school rejection letter? Like, I did a huge yeah, post yeah, on yeah. that. That was a huge thing. That took me like probably two and a half days to write out because it was in the middle of working. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like, I was staring at that letter for like two days, right? And it was yeah. something that meant something to me. And when it made sense, I took the time to do that. And then even when I posted about that, I think there was like a gap of a, of a few days before and after. It's not like, my whole life and my whole existence is posting on this platform or any platform. It's just that like you, I'm a curious person. I really see the value in building connections and really good, genuine relationships that either have value to my personal life or value to my business life. I want to put out something that 
when people see me post a thing, they actually want to see what I have to say. Like, I don't want to be that kind of person because there's a bunch of people that I'm connected to or they're in my circle. So I see their posts all the time. Their name pops up and like, I can't help but roll my eyes. Like I have to give <laughs> it a second look if there's time to see if the post actually has value. But there are some folks who are just like, if you want to get into like TikTok style content creation, cool, go to that platform. This isn't the place for it. All right. Well, I'm looking at the time and we've knuckles are a little bit bloody. Somebody's feelings are hurt. Oh, well. Um, but now it's time for brass tacks. So as we're not admiring the problem, as we said in our trailer. Mm. So we're going to spend a little bit of time with some solid recommendations. So we have said, you know, be a human, you know, be a person, not a pitch. What does that mean? Okay, I'm going to go first. I'm going to say you got to have a point of view. Right, whether you're marketing or sales or engineering or uh, product management, whatever, if you are on the vendor side, you should have a point of view. Obviously, you're going to have a point of view with respect to your own product, but a point of view on some kind of issue to hand. Right? Is it, you know, more practitioners should be involved in policymaking versus academics? Is it what you just have to bring something that shows that you're not a parrot and that you are a person who thinks thoughts and shares them with other humans. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my first one. Um, yeah. For me, I would say, you know, don't be afraid to be genuinely vulnerable. Right. And then that's not saying like dishing out all your problems in a day online. Like don't, yeah. don't there's Twitter for that. Please like, don't post, please don't post a photo of yourself crying. Yes. Please ever. don't ever. Holy God, we can do a whole episode on that guy alone. We probably will. <laughs> I hope so. Um, but no, I, I mean, you know, it's okay to, if you're going to talk about a perspective on something, I think it adds a ton of value where you can demonstrate where you fell or you failed or something didn't go the way you thought. And you mm -hmm. articulate the lessons learned from that and, and what it impact it had on you, right? And if you can relate that to like your product per se, if you can relate that to a story of like, hey, back in the days when, you know, people worked in seams or I had a friend that worked in the seam and this is a problem that happened and, you know, they really stubbed their toe on this one. But, you know, we figured out that through some research, this is the kind of product they want to go with or whatever it is, right? Like make the story work. Just showing that, you know, you aren't, you aren't infallible. You aren't perfect. You're trying your best, just like the rest of us. And if you can demonstrate just that little shred of vulnerability, it goes just a world of a mile of a way to establishing that key authenticity that we talked about. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm going to get really practical. Um, there's a thing that I usually use when somebody comes to me and it's like, how do I do LinkedIn? Um, I call it the 411 rule, which is just like, you know, post if you had to post six things and not in succession, this is like through the week, you know, four of those things ought to be stuff you care about. Things that are not related to your company in the marketing world, we would call it unbranded content. You know, one of those things can be about your company, ideally something relevant to industry, not like flashy case study. And then one thing that's maybe aligned to something personal you care about. I'm not saying you got to post pictures of your kids. I'm actively telling you not to do that. Um, but, you know, for me, sometimes it's 
Stoic philosophy. I love astronomy. Sometimes I just literally post crazy satellite photos and I'm like, science is amazing because, you know, that's, I don't know, I like science. So that's what I would say. Just sort of think about that as the proportion model for how you would talk in this party. Yeah, you know, I look at it like similar. You, you can kind of classify your posts into, into four types that really that I look at. You know, one is a market research type post where, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to put something out there, you know, that you can do surveys as well. And you're really trying to gauge, you're trying to get engagement so that you can formulate an opinion on something based on what your audience is saying. And there's a lot of people who are really, really prolific out there at posting like that. Um, uh, who is it? Uh, Michael McLaughlin down in the States. Uh, mm-hmm. that guy, I think he's absolutely brilliant. So like his posts are even the ones that I think are clearly throwaway posts, you know, for him, I still mm-hmm. think they're better than like 90% of what's out there on the platform for the uh, IS space. Um, the other one's kind of a mission post, right? So in a mission post, you're kind of reaffirming like, this is what we're doing here. This is what I'm doing here. And it's the kind of thing that really should inspire confidence and some degree of like pride or demonstrating pride in what it is you're posting about. Uh, the other one's a hand raiser, right? So you're mm-hmm. looking at like, okay, I'm trying to get engagement from folks. I'm going to put out the question of like, hey, who's experienced this kind of scenario? And then give a story where how it relates to you, right? And that kind of post is really good for getting engagement from folks who, you know, have similar experiences and might find some value in further engaging with you. And then finally is an objection crusher, right? And those you have to be careful with because it can be very easy to drift into the world of like down talking competition or down talking yeah. someone, which is never really a good look in a party in real life or on LinkedIn. But you want to look at, you know, what are some of the arguments against a concept or a thing that you particularly care about and really go to town and, and, and you know, demonstrate the argument. Otherwise, be a bit of a contrarian that shows yeah. critical thinking that shows thought leadership on you. Like those four styles of posts are, are kind of my Bible on how I approach it. Yeah. And I would say to any vendors out there, that means you need to learn your space and kind of have, you know, like you're an EDR vendor, like you're going to have to like get into the weeds on stuff about that. How does it compare to old AV? I don't know. You're going to get in it. Right. And like, be curious and understand it. And, and, Cause if you don't, then it's going to show up when you try to approach people on LinkedIn that you, you would, you would sell anything, <laughs> you know, you'd sell salt to a slug <laughs> if you could, but, um, you know, just have that point of view. So, and last, I'll, I'll, I'll say, you know, Steve Watt over at seismic has a good analogy. We've said cocktail party. Um, he calls LinkedIn, you know, the largest ongoing business conversation. So like, again, if you pictured a business conversation, you know, don't make it go sideways by being either super corny, creepily personal, mm. or, you know, just monotonous because you're saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think, you know, again, if you're using LinkedIn to actually establish like some degree of genuine relationships, you are trying to build a conversation that doesn't really end. And that doesn't mean you like pester someone with messages every other day. That means, you know, when there's something relevant, like, there's people on there that you know, maybe I worked with them in real life like years ago, or maybe I, I've only ever worked with them digitally on a virtual team or something like that. If there's something that's interesting that comes up, you know, I'll, I'll message them, right? Like I, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a, a friend of mine who uh, I worked with across two companies uh, recently, you know, they, uh, they took a, a, a bigger deal job at one of the big four and, you know, I'm super happy for them. Obviously like I'm a, 
big fan supporter of their career. Um, I, since they left like a few months ago, uh, you know, things are busy. I, I just hadn't really talked mm-hmm. to the person. Um, I saw on LinkedIn, some guy who was over at, uh, one of those companies during from, you know, one of their, I, I think it was like Asian or I want to say Indian offices. He had put out this huge post saying that, you know, they were going to break up the firm and, you know, they're going to, you know, put oh, auditing yeah. services and different yeah, categories. Right. So, I looked at her because she worked there and I was like, that gave me an opportunity to be like, Hey, how's it going? I miss you. I hope things are going well. But by the way, can you tell me about this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that triggered, obviously like I, I feel bad. Like I have been meaning to like reach out to that person for a while. You know, they, they, I do consider them a friend, but it's a busy game. You know, you, you lose yeah. touch with people sometimes, yeah. but with that LinkedIn conversation, that constantly ongoing business conversation, you can carry on talking to that person and not miss a step. And that's kind of a yep. big beauty of the platform if you're using it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that seems like a fitting place to end. Uh, I think we're at time. So I just want to say, gang, stay tuned for more. As you can see, George and I got a lot to talk about, a lot of bones to pick, a lot of things to punch. Um, so uh, we will be back. We will have guests. We've already got some lined up. It's going to be great. So stay tuned for more. Subscribe today to Bare Knuckles and Brass Tats.